Hello and welcome to Somerset Shorts, from the people who make Somerset stories. In the same way that St Bueno's in Colburn is a genuine parish church, and the Roxy in Axbridge is a fully functional cinema, this is technically a podcast, but it's a bit smaller than you might expect. My name's Lewis Webb, and in these mini-episodes, I'll be having a chat with some old and new faces around the county. This episode, we're revisiting our first ever guest on Somerset Stories, musician, writer, podcaster, and all-round nice guy, Tom Corneal. Tom, it's nice to be talking to you again. It's lovely to be talking to you again, Lewis. Thank you for asking me back. It's my pleasure. You've just started off season two of, of your own podcast, the Everyday Problems podcast. How is that going? It's good. The first season, I had half a thought about doing something of a, in a podcast form, and um, it ended up being that myself and, and Liam, my co-host, we were thrown together for a cup of coffee when we were both going through a bit of a hard time. And, and uh, so we recorded our second conversation. We ended up with 10 episodes of podcasts and we talked to lots of guests and things. And the, the podcast expanded out and has been, um, we thought, just talking about depression is kind of depressing. Uh, although we try and keep it light, it's it's kind of... We laugh a lot during the podcast. It's a show about finding ways around things and and, find, and feeling better. But actually, we realise that it's it's more than that. It's about your general well-being and just getting through day-to-day life and, and trying to see uh, the bright side of things and mechanisms for feeling better and things like that. So we put the podcast out there. Neither of us had huge aspirations to kind of be podcast hosts. That's not what where we were coming from. So we didn't do a huge amount of, of marketing. Um, I, I still remember at one point last year getting an email to say we just hit a thousand downloads. And for something that was really just a bit of an experiment and a shared conversation between what had become two friends, uh, I was amazed. Like I say, we weren't looking to, to promote it hugely. So it's gone really, really well. It was great fun getting the, the second series off the ground. It's been hard because... In spite of the fact that the world's moving at a different pace, we've both been really busy. It's been hard work getting it there, but we're two episodes in, uh, edited the most recent one. In fact, I made live the, the recent most recent one today as, as we're speaking now. It's great fun. And I'm just contemplating now whether it's time to do something to push it a little bit further. You and I talked offline be- before we hit record and... and um, yeah, echoing some of your thoughts about it, it would be lovely for more people to hear these these things we put our energy into. So, so yeah, it's good. I mean, it's going great, and it's still a lot of fun. When we first spoke, you'd you'd only really had a couple of episodes, and although you know mental health well being was definitely a big deal twelve months ago, it sort of feels like a year on. It's everywhere you look now. Yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, I mean, there's times when I think it's a little bit exhausting. Like, do do people really want to hear more about this? Um, but when I, I mean, I find on, on my Instagram uh, feed in particular, I I share quite a lot. I'm prone to oversharing, so I thought we'll use it then. I'll I'll do it more. And um, people started to uh, write to me to say thanks for that. I feel better knowing that there's someone else that feels similar to how I'm feeling um even even days when I share things that feel like there's no way anyone else is feeling like I'm feeling right now not because it's particularly good or bad but because it's very personal to me there's never been a time when I've shared 
a little mental health update when someone hasn't written back to say, I needed to see this today. So I guess, and maybe it's exacerbated by the fact that we are in the midst of a pandemic, but people, someone out there needs to be hearing that they're not alone right now. I mean, I know that I've been, my general mood now compared to where I was a year ago is definitely much higher but the pandemic is hard um and i definitely have wobbles i definitely i definitely go up and down sometimes do you think that having those conversations about you know the everyday problems that we all face has that been helpful for you has that contributed to that sort of overall lift in in how you feel i think so i mean one of the things that liam and i do on the show periodically is we'll ask each other what what are you doing about it right now how what are you doing to stay mentally fit and we usually it sometimes it could be as simple as a a a podcast recommendation or a um you know book or piece of music or something like that but those small uplifts when you find something that you can really enjoy and get your teeth into have a, a material effect on your you know, serotonin levels and, and things. And, and it's, um, it, it helps. I mean, it, it really does. Um, and I, f- I think for me as well, I just really enjoy talking openly and honestly. I love getting into deep conversation with people who are comfortable talking about their own, you know, personal challenges and things. I don't know if that's a little narcissistic. Perhaps it is. But I do. I like getting into deep conversations about it. So I generally feel better after recording a, a show. Um, and, and I mean, today, for example, so I, I did a, a show with a guy called Al O'Kane, who's a musician. And we went to some quite deep places during the show. And I was a little worried after we finished recording that ultimately I would like the show to be uplifting. And I wasn't sure we got to an uplifting place. We'd, we'd explored a lot of quite dark territories. When I listened to it back and edited it, it it is really uplifting because there's there's something about when when you share the the some of the difficulties, getting that off your chest makes you feel lighter, and we you always end up laughing. We we shared things, we identified with each other. He was saying things that he felt must surely he must be the only person who feels that way, and I'm laughing because he's just described exactly the day I've just had. And you, you get into great conversation. I found it really, really helpful. And and I think Liam does as well. And when we get guests on, I think they, they get into it as well. So, yeah, it's I think it's a good, pretty wholesome thing to do. Well, and you're, you're nailing the reviews as well. You've got five-star reviews all the way. So you must be striking a chord with people as well. Well, we've got some pretty stiff competition. There's, there's you know, shows like this uh, Somerset Stories, <laughs> uh, you know to to compete with so um yeah no we're very fortunate to have some some really lovely reviews which is fantastic i mean what what more can you ask for really if you're going to do a, a podcast that's that's what you want so yeah well it's it's good to get the feedback isn't it yes otherwise you're just sort of putting it out and you don't know if if people like it exactly right do yeah. they want more of this less of that yeah e- exactly right last year you formed a band in a year where we all had to stay at least two meters away from each other how did that work? And tell us a bit about the Young Martyrs. Well, um, it's been a strange journey for a band, exactly as you say, uh, in a period when we, you know, can't get close to each other. I, I can when people talk about lockdown, I, I really, 
it doesn't matter whether we're allowed indoors, outdoors. As far as I'm concerned, we've been in lockdown for a year now, basically. But there were pockets of time where we were allowed into buildings together and advised to, to keep our distance and things like that. And we stayed within the guidelines. We were very careful. I mean, each of us, each of us had been behaving ourselves anyway, you know, sticking to the rules and things like that. It's, it's very important to all of us um, that, that we all stay healthy. We've all got someone we care about other than ourselves who we need to not pass it on to. So everyone's been really good about it. But yeah, it was definitely very challenging. And then you'd have periods of actual lockdown where we're not allowed to see each other. And that was difficult. We recorded in a studio that sort of meant we had to rotate who could be in the in the studio. Um, partly, actually, because the, the studio was fantastic, but it was also very small. And that kind of did us a favour because, you know, you can't really have that many people in a room um, together. Um, and we didn't record during the, the moments of official lockdown either. So we it was a struggle putting it all together, but we managed it. And people have said to me, that must have been a really hard time to start a band. And I would kind of counter that with, no, that was the best time to start a band because we started with such low expectations because we got together in a time when you can't gig. <laughs> You know, you can't you can't get together. We we didn't. In fact, when we first got together, I didn't know we were going to end up with enough songs for an album, much less that we'd actually get the songs together quickly enough to record the album, which is what we ended up doing. And it went out just before Christmas. We've been just amazed by the the show of love that we've had from people it's been I don't know if it's because we came out in lockdown but people have been so amazingly supportive and complimentary we've had lots of radio play on on stations around the country and things um so I would say actually last last year the bit that everyone assumes to have been tough was loads of fun uh with its challenges but loads of fun this year now that's slightly different because now we've done the album we did the early rehearsals this year we haven't been allowed in the same building as each other at all we haven't played those songs since the day we recorded them um like in september last year and even then wasn't as a full band it was one member at a time um so it's a long time since we pl we formed this band. We did this thing we were all quite happy with and, and well, very happy with and felt like a magical experience. And we haven't been able to play it for several months. And um, we still have no gigs. And right now it's particularly challenging because naturally there were lots of bands that already existed that had gigs cancelled in 2020. And they are the priority for music venues trying to reschedule things that have been postponed. We didn't exist when those gigs were being postponed. So we are not on anybody's priority list for, for rebooking. So I'm having a tough job. I'm acting band manager as, as well as the singer, um, because this is what I do full time. And I'm having a bit of a job getting things booked for us at the moment, because that's just the world that we live in. So it's an exercise in patience. But, you know, we're still getting lots and lots of plays and, and um thousands of streams and things like that so i'm just chuffed to bits with what we've done and we've just got to keep the faith a bit longer i guess uh, listening to the album i would venture to say it's a little bit more stripped back than maybe some of your previous projects was that a conscious decision and what influenced it if so yeah you're absolutely spot on 
it definitely is a bit more stripped back. It was a conscious decision in as much as I made a conscious decision to not... I think in the... So I was in um, Centrefolds we talked about previously. We talked about on the, the last episode I, I was on. That was a band that I loved and was in for a really long time. But it was also towards the end of it something that we spent a lot of time trying to fit a particular kind of sound. It, it almost had a predestined genre that we were trying to fit each time we, we made a song. And what I wanted to do with Young Martyrs was consciously get away from that and just be as honest as I possibly could in the writing. And so we haven't tried to be um, overly adventurous with lots of crazy synths and backing tracks and things like that. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that, but it's just not what I wanted for the music that I was making. So we haven't made a conscious decision to make it sound like anything in particular but we've certainly made a conscious decision to be as true to how we were feeling at the time of writing the music as possible so I've written all the songs but all the guys um, uh, Lee, Simon, Rich are playing parts that they've written I, I took me and a guitar to the rehearsals and I said I've written this song um, but with the exception of a, a couple of specific ideas I might have had for, for certain parts basically just said like you guys write your own parts and that's what the songs will will be so it's very much um I started it but it's our band it's a it's a group thing so we we didn't uh, we, we're just not trying to make it deliberately sound like anything and just try and play as honestly as possible and and for that reason I mean I think with centerfolds we were looking for the new sound. We were trying to do something different. We were trying to do something that didn't sound too much like anything else. And the the new band, Young Martyrs, the influences, I think, are much more obvious. And I'm fine with it. I'm totally cool with that because that's the music that I listen to. So you'll hear uh, bits of Eagles and Tom Petty and Ryan Adams. And, you know, it's, it's guitar music with lots of harmonies. You know, guitars, drums and, and voices, that's it for the moment. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but of course it's it's a big part of the chemistry that you have as a band is through performing and performing to an audience, which is not something you've done as yet. Uh, so you're writing the album before doing any gigs, which means you're you're going about that band journey in reverse. What have you done to sort of try and work through that? And and are you are you nervous, therefore, about kind of the going out and performing live, given that, as you say, it's been a while since since you actually sort of got together creatively? Yes, I am. I am nervous about it. Um, I know if I put my logical hat on, everything's going to be fine. Um, but there are moments when I suddenly remember exactly, as you say, Oh yeah, we've never actually gigged at all. And in fact, when you record an album, you end up finishing the song in the studio. And I haven't even seen some of the guys since um oh except maybe through through a through an open door while I've dropped something off at their house or something over the last few months. I've barely seen them since the studio. So we've never played some of these songs as they sound on the album. Um 
I think it's strange more than more than it's nerve wracking. They're all great players. We've all, in one form or another, we've all played together, just not as this band before and not these songs. So I know we're certainly very capable, or more more than capable. Some you know these these guys have been playing for a really long time, uh, in you know in their own right. Um, but it's certainly very strange. It's certainly very strange. And I mean, I guess if I wanted to see the 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 positive side of it. Uh, what a thing to look forward to because the most fun thing you can do as a band is gig and that's the only thing we haven't done yet so you know in that sense the best is yet to come finally I wanted to find out how things were going with your walking and writing which is which I'm just going to lump together it's sort of a combined project for you again for the purposes of updating people who might not have listened to your earlier interview What's what's the thought process behind that particular project and where have you got to with it? It's interesting that you should ask because uh, I listened to our first uh, interview today and hadn't realised how much things have changed over time. So the original concept for the, the book, so I decided I was going to write a book and I wanted to write a book about predominantly about the southwest coast path and how walking on so that this is for anyone who doesn't know is the longest uninterrupted stretch uh, of walkable coastline in the UK and it's from Minehead in in Somerset Exmoor if you like all the way around Devon Cornwall Devon again and Dorset to Poole and it's about 630 miles so the book says although if you if you buy the book, eventually you'll find out. I think it's a, quite a lot more than that. Or I don't know. Someone with really long legs must have must have measured it. But uh, the the idea was to write a book about how walking by the sea in the elements, pushing yourself because sometimes sometimes it's really hard. There's some pretty scary moments out on the on the coast path. It's not just a footpath. It's at places. It's you're skirting cliff edges and things like that. It can be pretty hairy. Um, and I wanted to talk about how that, the exhilaration, the exercise, the getting physically away from cities and things like that was so good for me. Um, in sitting down to write it and getting some way into the the project, I realised that I hadn't told enough of the story that got me to the point where I needed to walk the, the southwest coast path and what had got me to the point of I was I was suffering with depression and anxiety at the time when I started it um and I needed to tell that story first so actually the book now that the the last third of the book is still very much about the the southwest coast path or that certainly woven very very heavily into it it certainly features very heavily um but actually it's gone more into the 10 years preceding that where I spent time in the investments industry in a job that despite enjoying many many aspects of it and loving most of if not all you know perhaps not all most of the people that I that I worked with or or came into contact with over the period of that time uh, it was never where I was meant to be I always felt like I'd studied music and and creative things as a youngster I fell into the job by accident early on and ended up doing quite well. And really a sort of cultural peer pressure, the things that were expected of um, 
from my perspective of a man in society of a certain age who goes into an office job and wear, and wears smart clothes and things like that, there is a certain formula you're expected to fit. And it just didn't work for me. And trying to fit into that culture eventually became quite dangerous to my health in terms of I was just so deeply uncomfortable. I didn't like some of the, the moral uh, d- decisions that I would be faced with. Uh, in that culture and the way that certain things were dealt with in the company that I was working for. And so I, wa- I needed to tell that story. And the good news is I eventually got out. Um, I was actually made redundant at the start of uh, 2020. And I think we probably did talk about that um, when we spoke last. Um, but it was a happy escape. It It, it pushed me in the in the direction I've been wanting to go for a really long time. Um, so it worked out for, for everyone. And the book very much is about that now. And in terms of the Coast Path itself, I mean, we haven't been on it for ages because we have been just trying to... We live about 90 minutes from the closest bit of coast. We've walked all of those bits. And in any case, we are just sitting, staying put. Myself and, and my wife, Cara, we've been... We're both able to work from home. And so we just haven't been anywhere for a really long time. We managed to get out a few times last year when we were allowed to, um, but nothing like what we thought we were going to. We thought we'd have, we thought we'd have finished it by this point. And we, as it stands, we still have, I don't know, about four hundred and fifty miles to go. <laughs> so we're really excited to get back out again. I haven't quite worked out in the 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 uh, the, the headlines in terms of. You know, everyone's judging it by how many people can sit on a bench with a coffee at the moment and that, that sort of thing. I haven't quite worked out what that equates to in terms of when we'll be able to travel distance. and Because mm. it's, the, it's imp- the overnight stay, isn't it? That, you know, if you're going down to uh, sort of the, the mo- westernmost parts of Cornwall, yes, you're not going to drive back up to Bath the same day. Well, we were. Last year, we were having to do that at certain points because... Well, for, for all sorts of reasons, we either we weren't comfortable staying away or the rules were maybe not that clear, but suggested possibly we shouldn't. But then the, the one of the things was sometimes we were going out and some places wouldn't have public toilets open. And that's really important when you've just driven three hours and you've got a seven hour walk <laughs> and then you've got to go home again afterwards. You you need to go at some point. So um, there's a few things that need to fall into place before I can be absolutely certain about when we'll resume walking. But it is absolutely at the top of the list as soon as we can. So we'll just keep our eyes open. And uh, yeah, and that, that's that's something to look forward to. You mentioned redundancy and facing that kind of at the start of, of 2020. That is something which will not be unfamiliar to, to a great number of people over the last uh, last 12 months. Businesses have have struggled and you know while i know i know a lot of owners have have wanted to prioritize employees and make sure that they're doing right by them it's not always possible for for that to happen as someone who has been through redundancy has has looked at okay well if this is no longer my role in the professional world what do i do and i think you know having come out the other side of that in a much better place personally what would be your advice 
tips, thoughts to, to those people who who might have been facing that a little bit more recently than, than perhaps you did? Sure. Um, well, the first thing I would say is, you know, my heart goes out to anyone who's who's really struggling because of that. And particularly people who are really enjoying what they were doing. Um, I know that a lot of small businesses in particular have had to, to make cuts and, and, and some sadly are no longer... Um, opening their doors and that's that's really really sad so to those people I, I have huge huge sympathy what I would say is that if anyone is feeling kind of dejected by the the redundancy process I was actually made redundant because of restructuring that our company was was making before we knew that the pandemic was going to hit it, the the pandemic came shortly after but we didn't know about that at the time and so I I think we live our lives, those of us who are employed by, you know, companies have this kind of misconception that we have, at least we have a steady, reliable, um, predictable job. And the truth is, you really don't know what's coming around the corner. You don't know when an industry is going to tank or when a company is going to need to make changes. I didn't know that that was going to happen to me. And so... The pandemic obviously has been a, a disaster for a lot of people in terms of their jobs. But um, the process of people losing jobs and having to find something else is is actually fairly universal. And people are re- resilient. And that's why when people lose their jobs, eventually they kind of forget about it. It's the second time I've faced redundancy in my life. And both times it's been a hugely positive thing for me, although it didn't feel like it right in the moment when it was happening. Um, the other thing that I would say, and again, this this won't be for, for everybody, and, and I don't wish to trivialise because I do know how hard it's been for some people um, who will still be struggling now. But I know of myself and lots of the people who've been made redundant at the same time as me or colleagues I've spoken to have been through redundancy. It's quite often the push that we need. It quite often happens that redundancy comes for people who are not entirely happy with what they were doing and that actually it presents the opportunity for for as long as you are tied to the wages that are coming in and the employer that you're used to going and seeing every day, etc., you're never going to make that change that your soul needs to make you happy because it's just too easy to remain addicted to that money coming in and that the familiarity of the role that you're doing and you don't want to have to go and learn the ropes somewhere new, etc. And I speak to so many people. In fact, when I speak to people who've been made redundant, I've never had the conversation that hasn't been around. This will turn out to be brilliant for you. So I guess I would say it stings now and it probably sucks for some people but i think for a lot of people they will find in time that actually it was a bit of a gift and perhaps it's given them time to look at other things that were more suitable so don't waste that opportunity you know i i've after being away from my job for 6 months or so and i'd completely decoupled from the wage and i no longer expected uh, you know i was completely out of the habit of expecting a certain amount to come to come in each month I suddenly felt free to get excited about doing part-time jobs in, you know, I was thinking about, oh, I could go and get a job in a guitar shop. You know, I used to be quite a, a well-paid consultant. I managed the national team. I, I was I was quite well-paid. Um, and uh, actually, as time passed, I sort of thought, you know what, I'd be, I'd be happier doing something for a whole lot less money. And I can do that now if I want. I mean, I don't. I, I'm going to put my energies into the creative products projects that we've talked about um today but 
the the point is sometimes redundancy can be freeing and for me it certainly has been so anyone who's in in that situation again apologies if that feels like i'm i'm trivializing it i know how hard it can be but try and look for the opportunities in it because i bet you'll find some somewhere tom as always you are full of insight full of wisdom people should certainly check out the everyday problems podcast season two launched a couple of weeks ago that's a good place to find you as well as uh, as well as on social for all the all the other stuff but thank you again for uh, for coming and have a chat to us thanks lewis it's been lovely chatting thank you for that mate Thanks for listening to this episode of Somerset Shorts. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, you can reach us on social media at Somerset Stories or email hello at somersetstories.com. Music on all Somerset Stories productions is created by Jazar. You can be found at betterwithmusic.com. See you next time.